0: Hey, everybody. Scotty Milas, Scott Miles, FranchiseCoach.com. Welcome to another episode of What's Your Know, Know Your Why, and All Things Considering Franchises. Uh, Good to be with you again today. Uh, I have a really unique guest with me today. Uh, Really an interesting background. Um, I'm really curious, once we get into the conversation, how with his background he got into franchising. I can't wait to get down that road because... When I when I look at his LinkedIn profile and I do some research, I'm like, I'm scratching my head. The industries that he was in to get into the luxury salon suites category um, is just unique. But I, I want to welcome Jason Olson, who is uh, president and founder of Image Studios, uh, one of my favorite, if not the favorite, executive model franchises. This This touches on a lot of bells and whistles for that investor, semi-absentee uh, owner, uh, want to own the real estate down the road. I mean, it just touches on a lot of points. Uh, I consider it to be a big boy investment, big girl investment, uh, but um, it, it's unique. A uh, lot of strong validation. So Jason, welcome. Welcome to Scotty Milas, Scott franchisecoach.com all things considered franchising. Good to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah,
0: I, uh, you know, we've had the opportunity or I've had the opportunity to work with uh, one of your developers uh, on a number of deals now, uh, placements, a very unique model. But as I mentioned in my opening, you have an interesting background, Um, uh, automotive, uh, I think uh, there might have been uh, something in there in regards to uh, being in the kind of the equity forum, uh, equity category, maybe I'm reading it wrong. But maybe just give our listeners uh, a little background about yourself and, you know, how and why Salon Suites? I mean, where's the connection here?
1: Yeah. uh, So it's interesting. So to to start from the beginning, and I'll be quick on this, but uh, I started my first company my junior year of high school when I was 17, um, it was called StreetLooks.com. This was back when the internet was sending you, you know, AOL disks in the mail for thirty cents of free internet. Like, like internet prodigy, point, right? right?
0: Prodigy.com, whatever. Oh it yeah, was. EarthLink and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we
1: go. Someone rings, you know, calls the house, and you get kicked off the internet. And uh, so it was those days. Um, but it was, uh, I was, it was StreetLooks was a website that I bought and sold aftermarket car lighting and accessories. Um, I did this just as a hobby at first to make extra money to to work on my car. Um, But quickly, this thing grew and scaled. Uh, We started shipping nationwide. I ended up hiring my younger brother as my first hire. My mom was my second hire. Um, A year into it, our whole basement had been converted to an inventory warehouse. Um, And I ran this and grew this for seven years. I ended up selling the company my junior year of college. And once I did that... Uh, I started buying and selling cars through the student newspaper and uh, ended up getting in a little bit of trouble with the DMV because I was selling more cars than it was allowed without a dealer's license. And so ended up getting a dealer's license and started building and growing a small dealership, which which turned into be a very large dealership in Utah. To what it is today, it's the third largest independent dealership in the state, right behind CarMax and Carvana. Um, So it's a totally different business automotive, especially automotive dealerships. I have, you know, my family doesn't have a background in dealerships. It wasn't like, you know, grandpa Joe had a Ford dealership and then, you know, dad had, uh, you know, a Chrysler dealership. This was all sort of just organic as it, as it grew and scaled. But during the recession of 08, 09, it just devastated sales for pretty much every industry. And, uh, I had a, one of my good friends come in, she was a hairstylist and she bought a $40,000 Escalade that we had. And she pulled $20,000 cash out of her purse to put a down payment on that. And I tell you what I have, I was, I didn't know anyone <laughs> who was thriving in the recession, but I looked at her and she goes, I know, I know things are tough, but she said, I promise my business is good. I'm making a good decision. And I was, I said, okay, well, as long as you're good, but I said, you mean your business hasn't been affected? And she said, no, it's, I've lost a couple clients, but I've stayed really busy. And I, I just was honed in on this because it, during this recession, I just, I kept thinking, I don't want to be in automotive. I don't want to be in retail. I don't want to be tied to the economy so closely. And uh, she ended up telling me about this concept she had heard about, which was called a salon suite. So it's similar to like WeWork or Office Evolution, where it's right. executive office suites that people can rent for their startup. Uh, you know, without any investment to build out, uh, you know, flexible lease terms, but instead of office suites, they're salon suites. So they're built for as a miniature hair salon or a miniature nail salon or an aesthetician's waxing studio um, for one or two people to work. Um, so I was just intrigued as hell about this model. And I ended up doing some research online. There was maybe 30 or 40 locations across the country at the time. And I ended up flying t- over the next six months to seven different states to do some research on what this model was. I wanted to f- learn as much as I could, right. uh, visited probably close to 20 locations in those seven states. And just, I, I was convinced this is it. Like I wanted to get out of retail. I wanted to get into something that was more semi-absentee that was, you know, we we are in the beauty industry, but we're really property management. But it, you know you get the strength of both industries, and that's where you know leaving automotive and then coming into the beauty industry was literally you couldn't find two industries further apart. But you know, I've always said everyone needs a car to drive, and everyone needs a haircut and wants to look good and so right. you really look at how does this industry have insulation against technology and and automation because I tell you the day that a robot can cut your hair we're going to be so tired of automation and and AI and all that that we'll th- you know we already are thriving for human contact when we right call a support line and you actually get a human it's like thank god you know you just we don't like automation to the point like we thought we did and I think that's where you have a very protected industry because beauty is not just about looking good but it's also about feeling good and connecting with your your professional and uh, that connection is really important. And so this is where, you know, June 1st of 2010, I ended up opening the first Image Studios here in Salt Lake City and then ended up opening five locations over the next five years, almost on the dot one year at a time and just started to grow and scale. And I loved the this the, the simplicity of the business model and the ability to scale. That was something I had never experienced in my past career scaling is extremely complex in the in the automotive industry um but this was this was just you know i had no employees for the first several stores it was just me running the whole operation um just fell in love with the business model and then um yeah where we're at today we've we've got almost 200 licenses that have been sold across the country in 16 states and and then growing tremendously you know from here on out so it's been really exciting and uh I feel like I wake up every day, and it's uh, it's not like work. It's like it hasn't been a day of work since I I started yeah. this. And that's when you know you found your your perfect fit, which I think everybody's looking for. Which is yeah,
0: yeah. What is
1: what does the next chapter look like what, in my career? What,
0: what's ideal? I I like to use the word ideal instead of perfect. But you know, two points that you bring up that really kind of catch my attention or caught my attention is is that, and, and and just to touch on the franchising industry in general, it's amazing that if you do research and really take a deep dive into franchising and go back the last 30 years, how brands succeeded and flourished or actually emerged during a recession. It's just amazing. It's just, you know, through through a lot of hard work and analytics and data and really studying it, really, you know, getting people interested. And, And the second part about what you said is it really takes me to, Uh, experience level within industries, that in franchising, you don't necessarily have to have industry experience, per se, in that category, to be successful. I mean, you came out of automotive, but had that entrepreneur background, understood systems, best practices, how to work, and took something that had a 900-pound gorilla, and decided, I'm going to tweak it, And make it our own. And to me, that's just fascinating. I mean, did you do a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of banging fists against the wall and on your desk as you were developing this whole thing? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great story.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was, (laughs) I mean, even, even, you know, right before I signed the first lease for the first location, I was not in a great position financially. My other business was, at the time we thought we were going to head towards bankruptcy. We, you know, we were bleeding cash at every pore. Um, But, you know, and I, I I will admit this, but it's not a, it's not a recommendation, but you know, when I finally signed that first lease um, I not only had to personally guarantee it like most leases, but I also had to have my other business guarantee it because the landlord didn't trust that, you know, at the time I was 28 years old. And he told me, he says, I don't know what a young guy like you wants to get into the beauty industry for. And I told him, I said, well, let's, let's go over the business plan again, because it's a little bit of beauty, but it's a lot of real estate. That's a, it's a mix of both. And, uh, you know, but it, I, it took a lot of credit cards and a lot of borrowing to get that first one open because it was, it was not a great time for me to be opening, but I was so determined to do this because I, I'll tell you what, Scott, the, the the fear was crazy, but the fear of not doing anything and staying where I was was what kept me up at night. It wasn't the fear of failure. It was the fear of failing to act. And I think that's a really important component to to examine, which is, you know, starting a business is scary at, and it, depending on what stage of life you're in you know, what is that risk tolerance? This is where you've seen franchising really democratize entrepreneurship and business ownership across the country, especially in America, which is the most entrepreneurial country, I think, on the planet, in my opinion. But that's because franchising helps repeat patterns of success. And I think the key is know what what do we as franchisors do to to learn and and hone in on what works and what doesn't and then how do we replicate these patterns of success? The whole idea is you're you're you know you're hedging your bet against failure. And in the first three, four locations I did, there was constant mistakes of lessons learned. And you know I I wish I could have just turned to someone who was doing similar, you know, something like I was doing and just say, what do you do when you're dealing with the situation or how do you build the break room the right way or how wide should every room be just just the right way, right? You have to learn through mistake right. and trial and error. But this is the beauty of franchising is it's also access to all of this data, all of this, you know, every bit of data when used correctly helps avoid a, a past mistake that you cannot repeat in the future. And that's really where it gets exciting, which is where now we have you know, hundreds of franchisees across the country who are all doing the same business in their own business. And you can imagine the kind of collaboration and right. innovation that comes from a, from a network effect of that, whether it's, you know, it's not just me now, it's me and everyone else who are all entrepreneurs working to better the brand, to make it the best that it is in the beauty industry. And I feel like we're doing a really great job at that.
0: You know, you have something that, Um, That is unique, or at least your background is, is that you were an independent business owner. Um, And as a consultant, and I'm sure your developers and you as you were building the brand talking to potential franchisees, you know, people were coming in interested in learning more about the system, but A lot of people probably, you know, and I get this, well, why can't I do this myself? Or why can't I do this, you know, go rent a building and build some suites or whatever businesses is. But when we talk about franchising in general, Jason, we can all look at the analytics on franchises, how they're more successful than independents, the longevity of franchising versus independents. But twofold question Why would someone consider a franchise? And why should someone not? consider a franchise any any opinions on that? any thoughts on that uh and then we'll touch on some other things within the franchising industry but it's always interesting to me when i talk to people oh i could do that myself i don't need to start a burger, i I don't need a burger concept i could i could start my own burger what's your feeling when you look at franchising over independent and you've done both so yeah
1: and you know when i was when i was a car dealer I used to envy the franchise dealers, you know, the Toyota dealers and the Ford dealers and the BMW dealers because they operate at a different level. Right. They're just there's a there's a formula there that works that you just have a hard time. You can't replicate because you don't know the formula when you're outside of the brand. Right. So you have to try and do your best. Um, And we did a great job. But there's you know, there's nothing like a polished process that franchising delivers. I think, uh, you know, Iris, I I have so much respect for entrepreneurs because we all, we're all kind of cut the same way. We, you know, we, we have this idea, this drive, this determination, and sometimes this, you know, this, this aversion to failure, which is we, you have to fail to be successful, but it's not going to hold us up. We're not, we're not scared of that. I would say if someone, it depends on your risk tolerance, whether you want to franchise or do your own thing. I think there is noble, noble motives on either side. And I think people should be aware you don't have to franchise. If you want to start a business, there's absolutely no reason you have to, but it depends on your risk tolerance. I think it also depends on your, your ability to create and innovate and solve problems and also your time frame of your investment, you know, I think the younger you are, the more risk you can take uh, because you have more time to make up for any mistakes you make. And the right. older you get, as you get closer to, you know, for mid forties and fifties and all that, you know, there's also a, a time frame of how long do you want to work and that, that window of when you want to work, how do you make sure it's the most productive window of opportunity? And sometimes, you know, starting from scratch takes a lot longer. There's a lot more mistakes. And you, again, you're the only um, person to share best practices with is yourself, because all of your peers right. in your industry, whatever you're doing, are your competitors. So it's really difficult to do that. But for some people like myself, that's what I get really motivated on is I want to I create from scratch and solve those problems but I can also see how at some point, though, there's also I remember on the third location I built, I told my brother, I I was just I was complaining about just some of these mistakes I, that were continually coming up. And I told him, right. I said, I wish I could have just bought a franchise, honestly, because I don't know. I'm making so many mistakes that are costing money. I, I wish I could just have this network to tap into. You know, and I think I said said that in a little bit of jest, but it was also some truth, which was, I was, it was exhausting trying to build at that pace, uh, as basically, you know, everyone I'm learning from, right. right. You, the process of innovation is long and hard. Like it's not, you don't just make one mistake and you figure it out. That's like, that's a fallacy. I think in anything, you know, the most successful entrepreneurs are constantly making mistakes They're because you're trying all these different things. Right. If you don't, you don't, you're not exploring every opportunity and, and also putting closure to opportunities that aren't real ones that you might think are. Um, And so, yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think it comes down to risk tolerance and it doesn't mean, you know, people that want to franchise couldn't do it on their own. They absolutely could. We're all entrepreneurs in this, this whole game. It just comes down to how, how much do you want to be down and dirty and, you know, how much grit do you want to deploy? To start from scratch or to tap into a successful system and accelerate from there, and so again, it, it just depends on that. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it, other than what whichever way you do, you do it the best you can.
0: As you were learning to grow, um, you started to open uh, the studios. Uh, they were your businesses. Um, did you consider opening? more what we now refer to in the industry, obviously, as corporate locations or what triggered you to franchise your business? Was it because I've worked with candidates and helped people franchise their business? It's part of what we do as consultants, you know, partnerships that we work with companies. But what triggered you? Because it's an interesting topic. People say the easiest way and I hate the word easiest, but the easiest way to grow or scale your business is to franchise it did you find that franchising was an easier way to grow or was it analytical was it the numbers can you help our guests understand if anyone's ever thinking about franchising something what made you hit a point where i got to franchise it
1: yeah it was it was when i was building the fourth location this was 2013 um I was actually enrolled in the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business program that had just came that just just arrived to Salt Lake City for the first cohort. So you you could apply if you got in you you had to have a business that had scalability and the focus of the 5 month program which goldman put on was to work with some of their advisors and figure out what is a 5 year growth growth plan look like for your business so i i got into this program i was so excited it was an amazing program um just learned some incredible things through goldman sachs and their network but my growth plan was to build 30 corporate stores over the next 5 years and and then you know just kind of manage those and enjoy you know, the the success of that scale. And it was interesting because they kept drilling into our head. All all our advisors was "You, you have to be thinking big. Are you thinking big enough? How big are you thinking? Are you thinking statewide, national or global? Like they would challenge every assumption we had and say, is that thinking big enough? And I had a great advisor who kept challenging and saying, I don't I don't think this is the the best way to grow this brand, and they said you should really consider franchising. And I had never once thought about it because I just figured franchising was for fast food, right? And you know, and, and now seeing that there are so many brands across the country that you see every day that you don't realize as as exactly. in general, I had no idea that was a franchise. That's franchise. Yep. Um, and so they ended up putting me in touch with a franchisor from Wiener Schnitzel. Okay. And yep. Ended up talking to that gentleman and uh, just really got off that call with a lot of motivation to see, like, wow! I did not realize that this this could be franchised. And the idea of franchising is is it is a faster way to scale, especially when you're in in a you know any kind of brand that that benefits from a national footprint. You know, having more stores, more exposure, gets us more brand recognition, which raises our brand value and brand awareness. And it's good. You know, this is all good for everyone. That's part of the brand going organically and growing corporate would have taken to get to where we're at today. It would have taken another 15 years and right. $50 million in debt <laughs> to do that. And it's just a lot more strategic way to grow. And it's, a, it's, it's really great because my favorite part about jumping into the franchise world and starting a franchise has been working with franchisees, our image owners, these, it's just, it's like, you know, you're working with partners in success. These are people, they're sophisticated, they've been successful in their career, but a lot of them have a common thing, common theme that runs through them, which is they've never, or they, at least at that point in time, when they joined our brand, didn't feel like they had the next chapter figured out of their career. And maybe you know, they're getting tired of the corporate world, they're getting tired of traveling for work, and they might realize maybe there's not a great opportunity to get promoted anymore, because I'm starting to get older. You know, and the, the young guys they're hiring out of MBA school are all getting all the promotions and whatever it is, but there was there's a problem people solve when they start a business. Right. And I think that's the most important part is when people are, in you know, thinking about starting a business, whether it's buying a franchise or starting from scratch, make sure you know the problem you're trying to solve. What is the problem? Is it I'm not satisfied with, I'm not challenged enough. I want more money. I want more freedom. Uh, anything. It doesn't yeah, matter. Know, it's your just know the why. Know, exactly. know yeah. You
0: got it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You know, I think there's a perception that when people, uh, you know, one of the questions I always ask people is, you know, what's your no? I mean, what? what why are we having this conversation? You know, why are you interested in business ownership? And, you know, it, it's not uncommon for people to say, well, I just don't like my boss. And I go, well, you know, that's great, but that's really not a reason, you know, to open a business, you know, what, what's, you know, so when you look at the, the MO of your franchisee and I've, and I've done several placements with you guys, uh, and again, interesting uh, portfolios, uh, two different backgrounds, you know, several different backgrounds and the characteristics of those MO, but where are Where is your MO for your franchisee? I mean, obviously, there's the corporate executive, uh, you know, the the person who may be a VP or a CEO. But where is where is that common MO that you're seeing within your franchise group other than, you know, I want to make a lot of money because everybody wants to make a lot of money. But is there a common MO uh, within your franchise group, your franchisee group?
1: You know, you, there is, and it's really interesting. Our core values at Image Studios are creativity, freedom, and success. And you know, they're you know, the creativity part is obvious. We're in a creative industry. We build creative spaces. We work with creatives. They're artists. You know, hairstylists, nail artists. Um, freedom is the freedom that that the business model provides us as you know people being part of it. You have a lot of flexibility and freedom. You're not tied down nine to five and then that third value success is not money money is always a nice byproduct but it's it's what this platform does what image studios provides for beauty professionals is a platform for them to succeed and there's something very altruistic about knowing that not only does your business make money but it also does a really good thing you know it's not right. just a transaction and so when franchisees are investigating image studios you know, they start to resonate with that, which is it's fun. This isn't no frills, right? This is a luxury brand. It's it's you know a gorgeous brand, gorgeous stores, working in the beauty industry with top talent. You know that so that checks off that creativity thing. That I think everyone deep down, whether they think they're creative or not, they it's inspiring to be in a creative role or in a creative industry. So that's huge. And then the freedom and success part again, which is people want flexibility. A lot of them are looking for ways to build generational wealth. So they're looking at, you know, their kids are now getting into college and they're looking at maybe building and scaling several locations. that Maybe in 10 years, the kids start to take over. Um, A lot of times too, we've got, you know, with with husband and wife teams is very common. And a lot of cases where the wife has had a career, but she's also had to give that up to raise kids. And now that the kids are getting out of the house, she's like ready to go back and kick some butt. And so it's just like, there's it's so fun because everyone's super motivated. They all have their why figured out. But the u- unique thing I think is that the, the core values that 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 were what motivated me to start the business, start the company, which are the company's core values today, um, those are resonating so well with our with our image owners. And that is important because when you have an alignment with your partners and success, you know, we're all we're all in it for the same right. reason. Right, we all get so much out of this, and um, so I think again, it's like having a bigger purpose, knowing that what you're doing is is doing something impactful to people. And I'll tell you, the stories you hear from these beauty professionals that move over and open their business, most for the first time, it's really touching because a lot of them never been, never thought they could be an entrepreneur, or never thought they would get to this point, or never thought they'd have the opportunity, and all of a sudden they realize, I did it. And I'm successful and there's nothing greater than that feeling of like you take a risk and you put all the chips on the table and you realize what was I worried about like I've got this like and I think right. It's not that everything goes perfect for any business owner, but the idea is is you work your way through all of that, regardless of what you face like that's just that's what entrepreneurs have to do you just keep pushing forward and solving problems. So it's a very high reward concept.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think there are two aspects of it. A, a couple of things that you just, and just to touch on a couple of things that you just kind of mentioned, kind of dig in a little bit. Um, one of the things that I've always admired about your business is that there are not a lot of moving parts in the essence of employees. I think, uh, you know, it's safe to say it's either you're managing the the, the the business yourself or you're hiring one person to show the studios manage the day-to-day there may be some contractors involved in there on the maintenance side um, so that's number one there's not a lot of moving parts but one of the things that really fascinated me about what you offer not only are you working with your franchisees as far as as far as uh, supporting uh, marketing and operational support you and correct me if i'm wrong but you are working with the actual studio owners to help them become better business owners. Can you, am I, did I word that right? I mean, because that's yeah. fascinating because you could easily say, Hey, look, it's your business, do whatever you want, but where is the connection for that? I mean, cause I think that's unique.
1: Yeah. Our, so, you know, our philosophy has always been to teach, train and develop, everyone that is that we are engaged with so whether it's our corporate employees our franchise owners or our beauty professionals and to support educate and empower them to be experts in their role and i think the the really fun part of this is that we've created our image pro business training program which is a nationwide training that happens every month on zoom for our beauty pros Right. You know they go to trade school to learn a skill. There's not a lot of business training at cosmetology school because they're going to learn, a, you know, an actual skill. So the the challenge is those they need. Everyone that gets into business needs to understand the fundamentals of business. That's just how it works. If there's right. a there's a part of business that's the same for every business. It's break even. It's margins, cost of goods, you know, net profit, planning for taxes, buying inventory, you know, raising prices. All that all the basic stuff and and even beyond that, we 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 work with all these beauty pros so that they feel like they have the tools they need to not only be successful, but go to the next level of success. Um and so, and that's the fun part too, which is I, you know, my job, I get to work with entrepreneurs all day. Our image owners and our salon pros, they're all we're all doing the same thing. We're all starting a business, running a business, growing a business. Um, there couldn't be a better place for me to be playing uh, because that's those are that's what I love those are my people these are people I relate to and it's fun to be able to create content and do training that helps empower these people to to be successful you know and, and that's where my success has not been just I just know this stuff inherently I had to learn it as well and that's where you know we all you know I think the key to successful business owners and entrepreneurs is they have this, you know, thirst for knowledge, thirst uh-huh. for understanding things that they don't, you know, no one comes out of the womb understanding how, you know, a PL is organized and how to understand how to read a balance sheet or anything like that. You have to learn those things. And sometimes they're not, they're not easy to learn yep. for some people, but that doesn't mean you can't. And I think the biggest thing is we're trying to, you know, help people understand that it's fun to become an expert as a business owner, not just to do your creative aspect that makes you good, but the other 50% of business, which is the nuts and bolts, you know, you really get good at that because you have the ability to then predict outcomes a lot better forecast. Well, you're actually, helping.
0: yeah, I mean, your point is actually correct, because you're helping, you're helping your franchisees with training the, the, I I mean, I, I, I I don't want to the relationship, the tenants, so to speak, and and the more you have them involved and the more successful they are, the probably longer you're keeping them in those studios, right? I mean, it's, uh, I yeah, mean- I mean,
1: that's the whole philosophy, which is if, you know, it, what goes around comes around, I think, how do we help make them stronger business owners? And I think it, over time, and what we're seeing is then we we are rewarded with with more loyalty and time on site, because we have been a part in that, you know, helping them succeed. Um, It's important that, you know, any business does some sort of something altruistic or give back. And in this case, it's all, it's the whole part of our business, which we're very lucky to do. Um, But again, you know, success begets success with, 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 you know, you teach people more and then we build, you know, in-depth programs that layer on to some of the basic ones and helping them just keep advancing to the next level of expertise as an entrepreneur. Right. And it's all, and it's all free of, you know, there's no charge for it for anyone that is, you know, is at Image Studios across the country. We we feel like that's, that should be a, a bare necessity that they always have access to. Right. never have to pay because it's, it's just so valuable and uh, it just will help them so much.
0: So, let me ask you this just take kind of take a right turn here for a second, and not to bring politics or anything into this, but franchising is a very unique industry. Um, uh, like I had mentioned before, I thought you might have mentioned it if I didn't, there are three to 4,000 different brands out there, uh, all different categories, uh, all investment levels. But the industry is, regulated. And there seems to be this push to get more regulations into it, that employee-employer, the franchisor relationship. Um, Do you see the strength of franchising remaining the way it is and only improving? Uh, Because I get questions about this a lot when people are inquiring about franchising or business ownership. Um, Should people be concerned about regulations or is regulations good Within this industry, through the uh, you know the Federal Trade Commission. I mean, is it good to have?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think at the the heart of most regulations, there's a a well-meaning intent. I think the challenge is bureaucracy takes that and morphs that into something that ends up being very has a very little successful outcome of what the intent actually was. And you know, this one going on in California with you know raising minimum wage to I think what twenty five dollars an hour. I, I'm all for that, right? I'm all for people making as much money as possible. But when you eliminate a free market from functioning on its own, what, yes. what California is going to do is they're they're trying to help out the guy that's making minimum wage. What the if, you know, when California does this, what's going to happen is it's just going to motivate innovation that much faster to eliminate those jobs. Eliminate, yes, McDonald's already has kiosks you can order from. You can imagine that there'll be even less people to take orders as technology improves ways to do, you know, automated business, unfortunately, it's actually going to hurt the person they're trying to protect. You know, the intent is there, but the, the real cause and effect is actually going to hurt them more because it's going to eliminate more jobs for those people that they're trying to help. And I think you've right. got to look at, you know, th- I think regulation can play a role in, in economic growth, but it has to also be respectful of how a free market functions. And that's not how free market functions. I think you've got to have some guardrails, but you can't prescribe the runway. Otherwise,
0: that's a great. No, I I, you know, this, I think that's the answer that I, I, I we were looking for. Um, it's uh, it, it it it's interesting. So let me ask you this question: Going back to Image Studios, and um, you know, we're kind of wrapping up here, and uh, the people that are listening to this. Uh, uh, this podcast, uh, you know, broadcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, what, who should be, who should pick up the phone and hit your website or call me to find out more? What, what, what person, you know, it, somebody may say, Hey, that isn't for me, or, you know, I'm not sure, but what person should be picking up the phone and calling or reaching out for more information? Just take 30 seconds. I mean, again, you know, (laughs)
1: I think, I think anyone, anyone who's looking to take control over what that next chapter looks like, I, you know, especially if people are in corporate, um, but not even that, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that are franchisees. We have a lot of franchisees from other brands that are, you know, unrelated to the beauty industry. But, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is someone who wants to make a difference with a business that does good, but also provides them some great. Um, cash flow and stability. You know, the you know, you have so much predictability in this business because revenue comes from contracts, from right. rental agreements. So you have you have you have very good assurance knowing what next month looks like, what the month after that, you have a lot of fixed expenses. So it, it's just a very, very easy business with a lot less variables of gosh, what's the fall gonna feel like and what is spring gonna do for business? That doesn't really affect it's not seasonal it's stable it's consistent so you know i think people who want to to graduate their career to something where they have that control if they're not an entrepreneur and for other entrepreneurs looking for a way to add something to their portfolio, portfolio. that has a lot of semi-absentee characteristics you know, you know, automation and, uh, reoccurring revenues, which is everyone loves that. So it's just, it's a great business for, for either side of that aisle, but just anyone, you know, wanting to do something that, that, that does more, I think, especially with how it helps people in the beauty industry.
0: Yep. Yep. And yeah. And again, I mean, the services that the cosmetologists are providing is a need, not a want, like you said, from the beginning of this conversation, you know, it's, you know, people need to get a haircut and people want a haircut. They want to look good. Um, and of course, there's other services other than in your studios besides haircuts. I mean, it's, it's, it's there's, there's you know, you, you, you kind of reach out to the different uh, categories within the cosmetology uh, uh, space. So, uh, mm-hmm. but Jason, this conversation has been great. I mean, I, is there anything else you want to share with the audience? I mean, anything else that, uh, I mean, again, for me as a consultant, Helping people research. I mean, this is definitely um, a brand that I love to show. Obviously, there are certain financial requirements. You know, this is not a, uh, you know, this is not a discretionary income type business, and it's not a discretionary income investment is the best way to put it. But um, it, it's just a fun brand. It's a great brand. I mean, the the systems, your best practices, your developers, marketing operations. You know, uh, you know, very professional. But,, uh, anything you want to close with, anything else I you know we I, I failed to ask you or you know uh, that you want to add?
1: No, I mean, I, I appreciate the conversation. It's been enlightening for me to to chat with you. I would just say the the you know the one thing that we didn't talk about, though, is, you know, I've had the pleasure of knowing Scotty for gosh, probably a year and a half now, have worked on many different opportunities uh, with with people he knows that are candidates who have now become image owners. but you know, if you're working with Scotty now, you're in the right hands. If you are not, I would encourage you, this is probably one of the best consultants I've ever met in franchising. So you. you've got, you've got, you know, and that's the tough thing. You want to find someone who truly cares, who understands what your needs are, and then what what kind of opportunities are out there that fit your personality and desires and objectives. So, um, you know, again, just Scott, it's been a pleasure to have this conversation All with right. you. Look, Thank I you hope it's not in. our
0: last conversation. I mean, no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting three to five year ride for you guys. I think you're going to be, you know, uh, I talked about that 900 pound gorilla, but I think, you know, you're going to be the thousand pound gorilla, I think. And a lot of it has to do with the character, uh, of the people that was in the organization. I think that, uh, and I got to meet, you know, uh, a lot of them, uh, last week at a conference and, uh. It, it's just a great opportunity. And uh, you know, again, unfortunately, it's not for everybody uh, and not for everybody financially. but it, it's it's definitely something to put on the I gotta learn more list. and uh, you know, I'd be glad to uh, you know uh, help people out. but uh, listen, stay in touch, Jason, because uh, it, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I, I, am actually going to be meeting Randy and his family, uh, uh, first week in November for dinner. I'm driving back oh, nice. there cause I'm down, in, uh, I'm down South right now. So, uh, and, uh, but, uh, uh I know they certainly speak highly of you and, uh, they've enjoyed working with you, but, uh, anyway, this is Scotty Milas uh-huh. at scottmilisfranchisecoach.com. Another episode of What your know, know your why, uh, and all things consider franchising a great conversation with Jason Olson over at image studios. Uh, for information, uh, more information on Image Studios, uh, reach out to their website uh, or reach out to me directly. Uh, I'll be glad to uh, you know uh, talk more about it. But uh, Jason, uh, have a great rest of the year, and I look forward to many more opportunities in uh, uh, seeing the brand grow.
1: Awesome, thank you, Scotty. It's been a, it's been a
0: pleasure.